And nine out of 10 times, I will have a client that I can match to all these ideas that have already been stewing, have already been brewing for, you know, weeks, months, even at times. And then I'm like, wait, this was for you. This idea of this crazy welcome gift was for you this whole time. So yeah, that is, that is a huge part. It's just letting things kind of rest and like welcoming the ideas that come, even though they don't serve a purpose (laughs) at the time. Hello and welcome back to the Finding Fearless podcast. I am your host, Madeline Pack, and I could not be more thrilled by the interview that you're going to get to listen into today. I am sitting down with one of the kindest people I know, Carolina Flores, who is a wife and a mommy of three. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, a serial founder of many brands, the major one of which is Hi Hello. And she exists to partner with builders to cultivate sustainable visions with lasting impact. We're going to be diving into all of the things that have taught Carolina to be brave, intentional, and to build a business that is completely full of heart and putting human relationships first. I won't give anything more away, but without further ado, here's my conversation with Carolina Flores. Hello, and welcome back to the Finding Fearless podcast. I am your host, Madeline, and I am so excited for today's conversation with what I would argue is maybe one of the world's sweetest, kindest, most multi-passionate, awesome humans I know, Carolina Flores, the founder of Hi Hello. But that is just one thing that this woman does. She's got so much going on. I'm like, does she even sleep? I have no idea. But we'll ask her. We'll ask her about that today. But I am so excited to sit down with you, Carolina. Welcome to the Finding Fearless podcast. Thank you so much, Madeline. I am so excited to be a part of this conversation today. I could say everything you just said about me, about you. You are so inspiring and I am just so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it is going to be such a good conversation. There's so much I want to cover, but we always kick off in the same way. And I'm so I'm really curious to hear more about your backstory and really what has shaped you into this woman that you are today. Tell us about all your journey to becoming a third generation entrepreneur. I am a wife, mom of three, and I love to say I am a third generation entrepreneur. That means that actually my grandpa was the first entrepreneur in our family that I know of. I am originally from the Dominican Republic, and so I was born and raised there most of my life. And my father was also an entrepreneur. And it's really cool because my grandfather was actually a mechanical engineer. So he would build machinery and pieces for machinery. One of the things that he was really well known for was he actually designed like some piece of the conveyor belt in the Puerto Rican airport, like way back when. And so that's kind of a little claim to fame there. But then my father actually started a security door rolling business, like manufacturing company in the Dominican Republic. And now one of my older brothers actually took it over. And I mean, they export all over the Caribbean. It's really great, awesome business. And the interesting thing is that living there, I was always a part, like my father always made us a part of the business. But it was interesting because once I got to a certain age, because it's such a male dominated industry field, most of the workers were male. I started noticing that shift of like, 
okay, pulling me back and pulling me back into other things, right? That were more quote unquote feminine. (laughs) And so very quickly, I caught on that even though my dad was the biggest cheerleader and has been and is my greatest cheerleader, there was really no room for me there. And so that pushed me even in high school as a senior in high school, I started my first business, like making handmade cards to raise, you know, funds for water projects. It was really cute. It was called papers and strings. But I share all that to say, because even though I didn't follow in the industry type or businesses that, you know, the, the men in my family did. One thing that I did inherit from them is that business is about people and they value people and they put so much importance into making their people seen, right? And people was not only their clients, but their team members, their business partners. I mean, I grew up seeing my dad you know, be the first one in and the last one out and actually taking care of people. You know, if someone had an accident at the factory, it wasn't just send them away. It was take them personally to the hospital and make sure that they were okay. That's really my inheritance when it comes to business is that business is about people. And so moving fast forwarding to who I am today and what I do today I have a big heart for hospitality. My background is in events and corporate events. And so when I had my first babies, I had them back to back. They're 18 months apart. And I was like, I just had this thing in me that I couldn't just sit back. Right. And that's great for everyone that's a stay at home mom. Like that is literally the biggest job ever. (laughs) But I just, I had something in me that I needed to do something. And so that's where Hi Hello came from was I found myself doing these beautiful gifts and kind of marrying hospitality and marketing together. And Hi Hello was born as a creative for corporate gifting and event swag that was thoughtful and intentional and really encouraging businesses to make it about people again. And so that's, that's the heart behind Hi Hello. I love that so much. And it's so evident in everything you do, this, this level of care and intention. And I've had so many conversations recently about how that's really missing from business. You know, particularly, I think, there's something about, you know, the move to e-commerce, which like, don't get me wrong, it's wildly convenient. And particularly during COVID, it was amazing to have everything drop chip to our doorsteps. But at the same time, there is a level of connection and care when you, you know, go into somebody's store and you have a conversation with them and you learn about where the product was made and, you know, making that relationship with a business owner. And what I love about the way you've curated things for Hi Hello is it still has that experience side to it for me as the customer, as well as for, you know, whoever I'm sending that gift box to. And for me, that was something that I was searching for in for a long time trying to find a way to do that because gift giving is like a major love language of mine. And so I'm like, I'm always gifting my team. I'm always gifting my clients. I'm always gifting my mastermind members and putting together curated goodies takes a lot of time and energy. There's so many options. You have to really do your research. Then you've got to understand like, wait a second, if you care about sustainability, how is that product made? And then to like put it all together in a way that's really intentional, this shit takes time and a lot of money. And so what I 
really appreciate about working with a vendor like you is that you take that burden off my shoulder, but you do it with a level of intention where it's like, oh, it's as if I had like a personal shopper, like who knew me, yes. knew my brand, <laughs> knew what I cared about, and then curated something that was so loving and intentional. And I'm just, I just, I wanted to share that because I think that there's a lot of ways that people can do corporate gifting, but they all kind of feel like they're the same box, you know, they're the same thing. And that's not what you offer at all. And I'm just curious, like, you know, because I think we as women, particularly creative women, like we have so many ideas, like, was this your first idea? Like, obviously you had a business in you know, in high school, so no, but like, tell me about the other ideas. Cause I also want to talk about the other businesses you have. Cause hi, hello is just one of them. Yes, absolutely. So, oh my gosh, no, this is like my, I don't know, who knows, fifth, sixth idea (laughs) that I landed on. And I mean, I started with card making and crafting and I just love using my hands. Like you said, very creative. So I love using my hands. I love just anything tangible. But then I also had like I had a blog at one point about hospitality and teaching, you know, people how to bring people into your home and make them feel welcome. Then it was super fun. And then, yeah, Hi Hello Gifting was birth. And and then it was really interesting because what I realized and we were kind of having this conversation earlier, but I recently did a leadership uh, retreat where we were kind of coming up with what is our purpose statement? Who are we? Right. And like, what is the legacy we want to leave in the world. And I came to realize that I literally exist to partner with builders to cultivate sustainable visions with lasting impact. That is what I want to do. And so I want to partner with other people who are building and help them cultivate their vision, right? Whether it's through people and gifting, whether it's through Hi Hello Labs, which is now our media company where we are providing a platform of you know, for people to produce builders, to produce good content, excellent content. There's so many filthy content being put out there, making a lot of bad people a lot of money. And we are, I am passionate about giving good people a voice and a platform that's accessible and that, you know, is well done, that can compete with everything else on the market and be good. And so, and have a lasting impact, right? Partnering with people who, especially women who, you know, are building their brands and who are trying to cultivate, you know, a vision that is bigger than themselves. And so that is super exciting to me. And so, yeah, that's where kind of now this high hello umbrella of gifting and building voices, building people, all of that is kind of coming together at once. Yeah. And I, well, and I think the thing that's beautiful about it is you have a really integrated understanding of not only what your purpose is, but the ways in which you can bring that work to life with others, which I love. Because like you said, you love partnering with builders. You have this integrator energy that I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an Enneagram three. So like anybody who's an integrator, I'm like, thank God y'all exist. Like you're so like able to do all the things that my brain is not great at, but, but not only that, but you know, the thing that I, I impresses me so much about you is that you're one of the people, you know, who sees a problem and rather than sitting back is like, I can solve that. Like, and what I love about that is one, it means that you've built these businesses that really exist for this higher purpose and attract people who are as passionate as you are and things like that. But also, 
it means that you have this level of fire underneath you as a founder that is not always the case for folks. And so, for example, you know, you built this other brand based off of your experience as a parent and, you know, some things that you were navigating that were quite challenging. And I would love it if you could share that story with our listeners, because to me, this is such a testament to who you are as a human and that companies can be about something so much bigger than just making a profit. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for bringing that up and giving me the space to share about this. Yeah. So we have this other brand called Nico and Bass and Nico and Bass are our two, our oldest, Sebastian and Nicholas and Sebastian is seven years old. He is actually on the spectrum. So he has autism spectrum disorder. He has sensory processing disorder. And as a parent navigating that, especially with your firstborn, right? You're navigating so many things already as a new parent. Um, one of the things that we would come across is all the resources and tools that we can, you know, give our, our child to really help them flourish. Right. And, and kind of get everything they need to help them be as successful as possible. And it's interesting because I, I started noticing that so much of the marketing, so much of the pricing, everything revolved around fear base. Like, if you don't do this for your child, you know, your child needs this $120 weighted blanket or they will not sleep, you know, and it's fine. I, I understand. But what was interesting and I think kind of coincidence, if you will, is that because I'm in the market of buying wholesale and doing all that, I was seeing the pricing of these products. And I'm not here to tell anybody what they need to be making on their company, how they need to be marking up you know, their product. But with this, there was such a special core because it was so personal to me. The markups of 200, 300% on products that families need, families that are already struggling financially. It is hard. It is expensive to be a special needs parent anywhere. And I will tell you, coming from a third world country, I'm still so grateful to live in a country where we do have resources for families like us, where we do have support, public and private, from public and private sectors for families like us. But when I'm seeing that the only toothpaste that my son, and I know that if there's any other autism mama out there listening, they know exactly what I mean. The only toothpaste that my son will use is a flavorless, odorless toothpaste that comes from Australia. And someone is literally buying this for three, $4 and selling it for 14, $15 for a small tube. Like I get it. You, you have to make money, but man, this is just not the way. And so we wanted to provide a space for families to be able to afford these resources, afford these products, make it accessible to them in any way possible. And at the same time, build something that my son can look at and be like, I get to be a part of that. So it's really cute. He actually helps me pack orders. He draws little like cartoons, you know, to include in the orders. And I also love that we're building legacy for them. Like, buddy, there's so much more for you in the world. And whether you want to do high, you know, uh, Nico and Bass and continue with that, or you want to do your own thing, like we want to build a safe space for families like ours. We want to provide support. We want to provide resources. We want to provide, you know, a place where they can come and, and meet other families and find podcasts they can listen to and find books they should be reading and films they can be watching to feel supported in our community and that they can do that with dignity and they can do that in a safe space. It's just so beautiful to me because, you know, there's, there's these moments in life where we 
you know, as women, as moms, as entrepreneurs, we, you know, have these things, you know, show up in our world that, you know, they're a left turn. They're not, you know, what we expected. Right. And, and particularly when it's something as deeply as having a child with autism, like, you know, there's a moment or a hesitation that some people might have to, you know, talk that, talk about it or bring it forward or to keep it private. And what I love about your work is that you have brought it forward in the most authentic way and use this moment as a way to make it about something so much bigger than your own experience and to serve others while also doing something incredible for your family. Like, as you were saying all of that, I was like, fourth generation entrepreneurship, here we come. Like, yes, because because yes. you you've created this. <laughs> and I think that we, as women, have this really powerful role to play in the landscape of business to reinvent and to reinvigorate. And whether that is creating new categories or industries or just having an opportunity to come into kind of the old way of doing things and infuse them and say, actually, there's a better way, or there's a different way that you can be doing things that actually really cares about people. And, you know, I have many friends who have, you know, either children on the spectrum or sensory seeking kids. And I can't tell you how excited I've been to be able to tell them about your brand because, you know, they experience all the same problems I know you did, you know, navigating through Amazon, realizing things are wildly marked up. There's only one website for this. It's going to take a million years to get here. And so I just think that, you know, again, that notion of seeing a problem in the world and stepping up and saying, I can help be a solution. It's just, it's a quality that I admire really deeply about you and your work. Thank you. And I love that you brought up, you know, sustainability, like being able to the products that we source, we source from other families who are also sourcing, you know, like it's so awesome to know that, hey, not only are we um, providing this for special needs families, but we're helping the single mom who is literally making these wooden, beautiful wooden sorting toys. Like it's just so awesome to be able to also, it's like a domino effect, right? This multiplying ripple effect of good through, through our you know, our, our purchase power through what we are promoting, what, what we're spending, investing our time and resources into. It's incredible. Like this is how we change the world. This is how we make the world a better place. This is how we empower other people. It's not just, you know, going on Instagram and talking about it, but actually, you know, putting our money where our mouth is and, you know, and, and really empowering other people in that way for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, like the word I keep coming back to is intentional. And I'm really, I'm really curious for you because, you know, sustainability is our theme here at Fearless Foundry this year. And it means, you know, both environmentally, but also just like energetically, like, or we're really like, is this relationship sustainable? Is this project sustainable? Like, those are all these questions we're asking. And I know sustainability is such a big core value for you as well. But also, again, like there's this, I'm like, bougie isn't the right word, but like there's this quality <laughs> control that you have to everything you do. Yes. You are a tastemaker. You have very good taste. <laughs> but again, all of that comes from a level of an intention, right? Because, you know, fidget toys, great example. You know, you can get a, a multi-pack of a billion of them on Amazon, all made from toxic plastic from China. Or like you said, you can find this, you know, one of a kind maker who's a mom who's, and, and, you know, part of that, takes a level of time and energy to to do that research and homework but I'm curious like before you even built these brands where did that 
intentionality and sustainability come from? Was that something that was taught to you? Is that just like a core value innate in who you are? Like, where did that come from for you? I think a bit of both. I think it is a bit of just, I I can't explain where it come from. It is this innate sense in me, but I also was taught it, right? Like I saw my dad always and my mom, my mom did a very good job at even just instilling intentionality, instilling these things in us, so these, these core values of like good things take time, right? And like searching for those diamonds in the rough and, and looking at what the world calls valuable and what we call valuable as good humans. Like, <laughs> you know, I could be building this, this empire. I get told all the time with Hi Hello, why don't you just put up a shop, like design five gifts and like scale those. And that's not what I'm about. And I tell people that I'm like, listen, if you're looking for a hundred koozies, I can send you to a thousand people that do that. We don't do that here. Like if you want your event swag to be just this generic thing, like there's other people that do that. We are not your people. We want to take the time to know who are your customers? Who are these people that are coming? What do they like? Let's get in their shoes. Empathy is a huge value for us. Being able to step into other people's shoes and see what is it that they need? What is it that they want is huge for us. But we are in this for the long run. And so we don't mind taking the time to find the people. We don't mind taking the time to, you know, uh, find the makers that we want to partner with that align with our vision. We want to see good people win and that takes time and we need to be okay with that. And I think as sort of Instagram generation that we're in where we want everything fast, we want it now, we want it cheap. I want to be a disruptor in that. I love that. And again, I think that we both know that that way of being is not sustainable. It's so extractive and it's so wasteful is the other thing. Like that was always when I was in the corporate landscape, the thing that like drove me crazy, you know, was going to these conferences and just seeing how much swag was basically just trash or like trash in the making or like my my other one like things that induce horror in me is like I went on a trip for my birthday like six months ago and went to an antique shop and in this antique shop like just like the amount of like stuff that's trash there like it's just like too much for me but there was literally like an entire giant room of those like vacation shot glasses and I was like, one, my greatest horror in life would be to be like the child of a, a, a person who was like an owner of an antique shop and to like, you know, because like my, my, I hear would be my ethical dilemma. Like on one hand, like the minimalist in me would be like, oh my God, just get rid of all of it now. It's trash. But then the environmentalist in me would be like, oh my God, we can't create all this waste. But for me, like, that's one of the things that I think is so critical into this way that you're conducting business, Carolina, is like when it is something that you take the time and intention with, you deliver something that has meaning. You deliver something that is, like you said, empathetically aligned with like what people actually want. And so it doesn't create waste in the world. And that's something that to me, you know, if I'm going to take the time and energy and the money, quite frankly, to send a gift to someone or to bring something to an event, I want it to be a treasure. I don't want it to be trash. And so I, I'm just curious because you work with you work with companies of all sizes. You work with large companies, small companies, nonprofits. What has been the ways in which you have built business in a world where you know there's still so many people who are just you know buying large scale you know orders of beer koozies, like you said. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't do the koozies, so that's one. <laughs> but two, I think two things when we are sourcing products 
and when we are proposing products, right, for our companies, our clients, is it thoughtful and is it functional? Are people actually going to use this product? Are people actually going to keep this product? And so those are the two things that we are constantly looking at when sourcing product. Where is it coming from? Where is it being made? What is the end of this product? Is this product going to live for five months and then be thrown away? You know, And when it gets thrown away, what happens to that product. Like those are all things that we think of and think through behind the scenes that, you know, and that's why I say no a lot because I will get people that say, I want something cheaper or I want, you know, something different. And I'm like, here's why we don't use that product. These are the reasons it's not sustainable. It's not going to be used. It's going to get thrown out and it's going to create waste. And we don't want to be a part of that problem. The other thing too, is that one thing that I I love we've been doing lately, and I'm so excited of this initiative is finding ways to gift that are not actual goods. So a lot of people think, especially in corporate setting, and, and I think corporate has the biggest opportunity in this right now is that instead of sending those gift cards or, you know, gift boxes or whatever, you know, the, I'm not going to name the brand, but certain coffee maker makes gift sets like, you know, anyone else that makes gift baskets wrapped in cellophane. cheese boxes that nobody wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cheese boxes with, a, yeah. with a little box with two peanuts in it that like yes. people are, half of the people are allergic to those things. If we can get away from that and start looking at your people, what do they want? We had this company that they had a lot of moms working in their company. And I'm like, guys, you know what moms want is a break. They want time back with their families. Let's go ahead and do cleaning services for one month. Like, let's pay, like, let's take that dollar you were going to spend on all this chachi stuff that they were going to use for one week. And put it into a cleaning cleaning lady for that month to come deep clean their home. Like that is life-altering. And guess what that gift did? It made them feel seen. It gave them time back with their, with their family, which in turn made them so grateful, so appreciative to their employer. Came, those people came back feeling more productive, more excited than ever to work for that company. And at the same time, we're helping the cleaning service company that is family owned. It's a small business trying to make ends meet in the middle of a pandemic have a win too. So there's so many wins. And just like that, there's so many gifting experiences that we can do to reduce waste, to reduce actual tangible waste that is just incredible. And I'm so excited to keep thinking and coming up with creative experiences to do that. I love that because I, you know, I, I, I think that the world is craving care and I think that we're craving experiences because we were so sensorily deprived of those things for such a long time. And, you know, it's also just beautiful because like you said, it it's just thinking bigger, thinking differently, really thinking about what people want and, and need, quite frankly, as opposed to just, you know, another thing. The question I want to ask you here, because like part of the thing that fascinates me slash I'm like, oh my God, it would be so fun to work in her business is just the fact that it seems like your companies are a bit of a creative playground for you, where you really do, you know, get to have 
you know, creative control and come up and explore and say, well, what if we did this? Or what if we tried this? Or what, you know, and that to me is just so fun and fascinating. And the other thing I love about it is it's always evolving, you know, and like, this is what I love about working in marketing is like, there's always a new idea. There's no, always a new trend. There's always a new, you know, campaign. And so I'm just curious, like talk to me a little bit about I'm always fascinated about like people's creative processes and like where you draw creativity from. And like, I always see creativity as like, she's like this little beast that like needs to be fed. So you have to like do other yes. things to nurture her. So <laughs> tell me about like your life as a creative person. Like, what does that look like for you? Oh my goodness. My life as a creative, I will tell you most of my brightest ideas probably come in the shower or like right when I wake up. So I actually keep a journal on my nightstand with a pen and I will wake up with the craziest randomest ideas and just write them down. And then I love going to places that are like in just give inspiration, right? So like we live in Orlando. So Disney, I love going to Disney and I will tell you why. Nobody does hospitality like Disney. Nobody. I know pandemic kind of hurt a little bit the experience. That's fine. It's still great, guys. Come visit. But honestly, nobody does hospitality like Disney. And so I love going in there. I love going to the shops. I love going into the restaurants and seeing how they serve things how they do things. Travel is a big thing for me. My husband and I went to New Orleans maybe two years ago and we went to this amazing restaurant called Commander's Palace. And like, it was such an experience. Here's the thing too. It's like, what is it that we want to convey through gifting, right? What is it that we want to convey through even just anything building? What? And so I try to get that experience and go, what makes me feel that way? And then turning that into tangible action items. But creatively, I would say long showers, good night's sleep. I know you said earlier, when does she sleep? I actually really do prioritize sleep. Sleep is a big deal for me. If I'm not rested, I can't think. I can't be creative. And so really taking time to rest is important for me. And yeah, and being it around in things bigger than myself, whether that's nature, travel, places like Disney, those are the big things for me. I love those. And the rest one is such an important reminder for me. I've been kind of trying to rest over the past couple of days and I've realized like how bad I am at the, at the like holding still part, you know, and I'm like, you know, I like have like that voice that like beats me up and it's like, you should be doing things. And so it's just, but, but I've also really worked over the past couple of years to recognize that, like, I don't know, I don't really have great words to describe it, but I do understand, you know, I, I think about creativity as like, it's kind of like making like a stew, like there is like, you know, you add all the ingredients, but there's also just this like time where it just has to like sit in the pot. And, you know, sometimes if it just like sits overnight, you know, have things like curries and things, they just get more flavor, they get juicier if you just let them marinate, you know, and so that's one of the things that I think that we deny ourselves oftentimes of women as women, because we live in a culture that expects productivity, et cetera, et cetera. And there's always more to be done. And so to have rest be a recognized part of the creative process to say like, I need a time for all the ideas to percolate. And then something magical happens after that. Like, that's just such a important and reinforcing thing to hear from you. The other thing I wanted to say that I didn't know, but like, now that I know I'm like so excited to take my kids to Disney World is I went to a conference there at one point and had one of the, I think they call them like experience designer, like basically somebody who's like in charge for like shaping the entire vision for a ride come 
and talk about their freaking creative process. And they were talking about the one, I don't know the name of the right officially, but it's like the one that's like Mount Everest themed. And like, they like talked about like going to the towns and like traveling abroad and like bringing back baskets and like sketching and like everything about that like world that they create is from going out and experiencing it and thinking about, you know, at this level of depth. And so for me, it's like, yeah, Disney is this massive commercial brand, but there are so many creative people in them. And to have that in your backyard is a place to like go and play and touch and learn. Like that's that for me, for sure. If I that was in my backyard, I'd be there all the time. Yes, it's funny you mentioned that because obviously, you know, Epcot has all of the countries like the around the world section. And it was so funny because we had to do a French themed basket, like a French themed event basket, welcome bag. And I literally told myself, I'm like, I need to go to France over at Epcot. <laughs> and it was seriously so inspiring, like just hearing the music and seeing the costumes they're wearing and eating the food. And it really does spark something. And I love that you said, Stu, like practically speaking, it's so funny because I keep like a parking lot list of like ideas. And then it's so funny. Nine out of 10 times, I will have a client that I can match to all these ideas that have already been stewing, have already been brewing for, you know, weeks, months, even at times. And then I'm like, wait, this was for you. This idea of this crazy welcome gift was for you this whole time. So yeah, that is, that is a huge part is just letting things kind of rest and like welcoming the ideas that come, even though they don't serve a purpose <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And then trusting, like trusting that like, you know, it came through for a reason. Like, you know, I'm such a big believer that like a lot of my biggest work and ideas, like it, I, I don't know that it comes from me. I think it comes through me. Like there's something, you know, bigger God in the universe out there. Like, and I always call it the download and like, I'm very similar to you. I have to have a notebook or a note on my phone. Cause I, I'm like, I'm going to lose it. So I put it, you know, and some of it's just like crazy late night rambling, but some of it's golden. And I think again, like what I love about hearing this from you is there's just like a knowing, there's a knowing of yourself that, you know, when you've been creative for your whole life, you start to understand like, okay, like, yes, some of my crazy ideas show up at like inconvenient times, but it's my responsibility to like work with whatever that energy is and like trust that I've been gifted this for a reason and that I can bring it forth in a big way in the world. Absolutely. Stewardship, right? Like that stewardship is like being able to say, like you said, there is this responsibility to be creative. And I, I think that's part of it too, of like, feeling like I know I have this gift to partner with builders. I know I have this gift to, to create relationships for people and to sustain relationships for people and, and to give them a good platform. And so how do I responsibly share that with the world? And I think that's part of like being intentional with that responsibility and being intentional with that gift that it, I'm not just here to make money. Yeah. It, it, sure, please pay my bills and like, let's grow this thing. <laughs> but at the same time, that's not the focus. People are, right? Like this gift is. And so everything else comes because it has to, because it's it's the bonus. It's the fruit. It's the reward, right? Of, of that work you're putting in. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. 
So there is a question I, I want to ask you as we get you know close to wrapping up today. There's other things you do we haven't even talked about yet. I know. Or not. So <laughs> I would love for you to tell us about you know that other thing that that popped up in your world here recently, and also just to share with us like what are you most professionally and personally excited about as you know we head into summer of 2022 and you look forward to 2023. Like what's your world look like? What it, what has got you hyped up? Yeah, I will tell you. So talking about gifting and building relationships and all of that, all my worlds collided this year. Like you said earlier, it was funny. I'm so glad I felt so seen when you said that, that you feel like you get this download that it's through you and not you. And there was this girl that I had been following and just been so inspired by. And I really felt like I just want to honor her. Like, I just want to bless her. I just want to let her feel seen, right? Make her feel seen. And I ended up coming up with this gift. And I remember going to sit in the parking lot of their office building and like listening to affirmations for 10 minutes straight because I'm I'm like, I'm an idiot. Who do I think I am? Like this girl probably has everything. But long story short, I delivered this gift. And shortly after she wrote me and she's like, Carolina, I am literally this millionaire CEO. And this is the most thoughtful gift I've ever received. And I want to work with you. And so that gift opened up the door to just this incredible opportunity I have now. So that person was Sunira Madani, and she is the CEO of a fintech company called Stacks Payments. But she is also the incredible founder of an organization called CEO School, which is actually how Madeline and I met, was at retreat. And it's just this beautiful community of female founders coming together. And Sunira is one of the most generous people I have ever met in terms of just wealth of knowledge and sharing. And she's such a promoter. She's such a just encourager, encourager. And not just with her words, but with her actions. And she invited me to join her team, her CEO school team as her COO, as they are starting to scale. And when I tell you my worlds collide, because with this statement of like partnering with builders, right? Like she, Sanira is the ultimate builder. And yet this entire community, the whole purpose of CEO school is to empower female founders, builders, in their own right, who are coming up and we come and surround them and, and encourage them and give them very practical teachings. And just to get to be a part of that process and get a front row seat at seeing all of these incredible female founders scale their businesses and have these major wins and find themselves in this whole process is just absolutely incredible. So personally, for me this year, being able to be a part of the growth that is happening at CEO school, uh, my world of events colliding. And now, you know, we're hosting all these live events this year and it is just a, a beautiful, beautiful journey that I am so grateful to be a part of. When that was announced at the retreat, my heart just like exploded for you because the thing that I think, I mean, it's such a beautiful testament to your core values in action because there are so many, you know, instances in business where we have one to one of two choices to say, like, let's partner together to build something better or to say, like, oh, like, I don't know if I can work with her. Like, maybe what she's doing is competitive. And what I love about 
CEO school and the energy that you're bringing to it is it is it is all about partnership. It is all about collaboration. And that's why like, we're so proud to be partnering with them because we believe that, you know, we have the power to influence more female founders and support them on their journey in a way that we couldn't just do standing on our own. And I think that that again, is this energy that we as women can bring to business to really shift away from you know, a competitive, comparative scarcity mindset that's held so many women back to like a like, whoa, what could we create together model in a way that's really intentional and grounded and respectful and lets everybody shine. And so that's what I love about seeing, you know, the brilliance of the two of you coming together is like, you were so much what I know she needed and, you know, vice versa. And so it's, I just, I want to say congratulations. I'm so excited Thank for you. you. And, I, and I can <laughs> already tell, you know, this year is going to be so hugely monumental for CEO school. And I'm just so excited to be, you know, kind of affiliated with everything that you guys have going on. We are so excited to have you apart and what you bring to the table too. And that's what I love. Like, listen, let's, like you said, like this collaboration piece of, man, Maddie has something to bring to the table and it's fire. And let's, what do we have, right? What do we have? We have a platform. Let's give her a platform. Like, let's share it. There's room for everybody. I wish there were 10 other gifting companies doing what I do because guess what? I can't do it all. No matter how many people I hire, honestly, it's not a super scalable business. And I'll tell you why, because in order to keep this level of intimacy, it has to stay small. And so I hope there were a hundred more high hellos out there and that we were being intentional with people. I wish there were more female founders being empowered through spaces like CEO school, that everyone had access to coaching and, and retreats like we do at CEO school. Like, I think that's incredible. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the Carolinas and Madeline's and Sunira's and, and not just people like us, but that are inspired by us to be their own, right? And to put their own legacy into the world. Like that's how we win. And by we, I mean the world. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. Carolina for president, first of all, like that speech was beautiful, but that actually brings me to the ultimate question that I want to ask you, because there is such a bravery you bring to business that I admire so much. And I'm just, I'm really curious to know what does it mean to be fearless to you? I think fearless to me is, and this might sound like an oxymoron, but doing it afraid, doing it messy, showing up, knowing that you are called to something bigger than yourself, that you are called to purpose and that who you are and how you present it matters and that there's a whole tribe of people waiting on you in whatever that is, whether you decide to work outside your home or be in the home or whatever it is you do, like that what you do, do the scary thing and, and do it messy. And then partner with purpose on building legacy and yeah, it just all keeps coming back to that. I think being fearless is is partnering with purpose. I love that. And I think that that's one of the ways that we can be braver in our own lives is surrounding us ourselves with other people that we can look around and we can see like, okay, she did it, right? Like that, I mean, I always joke that I started this podcast, I think somewhat selfishly to hear the stories of other women building companies so that I believed that I could do it as well. And now 
to know that this podcast serves as not just an opportunity to share, you know, amazing stories like yours, but to then inspire other people, you know, to believe that they can build something of their own. And I'm just so grateful to you for, for sharing all your wisdom. I want to wrap up here with our rapid fires real quick. So, so are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay, here we go. First one out the gate is what is one business book that you recommend everyone read? I recommend Giftology by John Rulin. He is my mentor. He doesn't know that is my mentor, but Giftology explains a lot of how we build our business and why people matter. Very cool. I love it. I'm going to add it to my shopping cart. Okay. What about, oh man, this one I'm so dying to know the answer to because you're like the queen of self-care items. So what is one self-care practice or item that you cannot live with? Can I tell you my practice is, I call it abiding And that includes prayer, worship, and sitting still. Yeah, that would be my main, my main self-care. I could learn a lot from that one. So thank you for the reminder. (laughs) What, What about what is one piece of technology that makes your life abundantly easier? Google Drive. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. People underestimate Google Drive. The power of a spreadsheet, man, that we can all collaborate on is great. (laughs) I live for those Google Sheets. I feel you. Okay. And the last one is, what is the last thing you did to have fun? I will tell you, we went on a weekend down to Miami acting like we were 17 years old. (laughs) And we went to watch the Formula One race down there. And it was so fun. I was like, who do I think I am? I'm this mom of three. Like, it's all these young kids, you know, watching race cars. And I'm so glad I gave myself permission to go and just be free and silly and dance and cheer on race cars. And it was super fun. I love moments like that. And I, and there, that's a voice that I've been like working on quieting is the one where it's like, here's someone's mother. And I'm like, but I'm still the person. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. I love that for you. <laughs> well, Carolina, I just want to give you a big wholehearted virtual hug. I want to tell you, thank you so much for everything you've been doing to support you know, our Fearless Foundry team and all of the, the intention and love you've put into gifts for our clients and, and our team members. And I just cannot wait to do more with you in this coming year. I can't wait to see you in Orlando yes. in just a couple of weeks. So yes. I, I can't wait to <laughs> hang out in person and see your city. But thank you so much for making the time and for being a part of the podcast. Thank you. And thank you for everything that you and your team are doing. It's really a difference maker. And I can't wait to continue to see all of the beautiful stories that are are just made out of Fearless Foundry. So thank you, Madeline. I'm really honored. I just know when I wrap up an interview like this, that each and every one of you listening is going to feel the love through the proverbial line, you know, recording a conversation like that, getting to just smile and be seen back and forth with somebody who is just such a champion for building a business in the ways that I deeply believe we have to, if we're going to help heal each other and heal the planet and just make a better way for all individuals to move through the world of business and just the world in general. I 
I'm so grateful to Carolina and I'm so inspired by all of the roles she's playing, whether it's running her creative studio, running her two different brands, her work with CEO school. She's just a force to be reckoned with. And I just hope that you take a moment to check her out. Go follow all of their accounts online. Of course, we'll put all those things in the show notes. The gifting, y'all, the gifting is like the next level. Like it is so intentional, so beautiful so handled with care. I'm so grateful to have her in my network and to be a customer of theirs. And CEO School, y'all, we are doing so much with them. So if you haven't heard the word yet, we have an official partnership with CEO School to promote their work. And I am officially a part of their network of teacher trainers. So I'm going to be at the CEO School retreat in June, leading some important work. I'm going to be teaching live for their member base here soon as well. So if you're not a part of CEO School, but you're curious about what they're up to, I would strongly encourage you to check it out because everything that is supporting them to scale is the amazing team that that Carolina is helping lead. So check out all those links in the show notes. Give us a shout out, give us a comment, a a like of all the things, you know, rate, subscribe, review, all those things to help us get the word out about this episode and definitely pass it on to someone you know who needs some inspiration or some intentionality or maybe even just some help with giving them the perfect gift in their lives. All right, y'all. I want to thank you so much for being a part of this wonderful community we're cultivating together. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, you've been listening to the Finding Fearless podcast. You've been listening to another episode of the Finding Fearless podcast. It's hosted by me, Madeline Pratt, produced by Kimberly Fulmer, scheduled by Lauren Conti, and edited by the amazing Daniel Wynn. This has been a Fearless Foundry production. All audio is recorded and owned by Fearless Foundry.